I feel like I'm going to constantly blame myself because it wasn't just one guy. It was three guys. Yeah. And, you know, there's that saying, fool me once, shame on you. But I really took that to heart. And she said, if you've been groomed, you are more likely, it's more likely that another predator will attach themselves to you. Uh So it's not as likely that it'll happen once and then be done. It's more likely that it'll happen multiple times. Right. And I had never, because I'd never told anyone, I didn't know that that was the case. And it lifted this weight off my shoulders because suddenly it wasn't like, well, I'm so broken and disgusting and and it had to have been my fault because you attract what you are and of course I was attracting this so I wanted to do the show just to make sure that someone else could hear that if they needed to hear it that it's not likely that it'll just happen once it happens multiple times and it's not one of those times is your fault Hey everybody, this is uh, Leaving the Tribe host Tom Goss. Um, uh, First off, I want to uh, apologize that there has been no episode for the last several weeks. I was on tour, Uh, I was prepping for my album recording, I was doing the album recording, and thank you to everyone who came came out to that, who listens to the show. It went great, and I'll have more information about that in the future but i wanted to apologize uh first thing in this intro for not having uh an episode for a little bit in the future i will try to make sure i have backlogged episodes in that scenario um next and more importantly uh today's episode is with jordan lee uh she is an artist from uh northern california a good friend of mine And um, she talks about the process of of, uh, being groomed and then uh, by a, I'm going to, I'm going to be blunt here, uh, a pedophile and then moving on uh, with her life after that experience. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very dark subject matter. So yeah. you know, there, there's there's some trigger warnings in this. We were talking about very dark stuff. I don't think that the tone uh, is, you know, we don't talk somber the entire time. We She does a great job keeping it light and peppering in some jokes. And, you know, uh, she knows it's a heavy topic and she speaks about it, I think, perfectly uh, to make sure it's palatable. And I think it's an important thing for people to listen to. But if you have had some drama, just know that before continuing to listen to uh, this episode. Because um, it's, you know, uh, I really should say this before every episode. <laughs> but we get more in detail here. Um, also, uh, f- uh, please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, it does help the show by doing that. Um does help out 
greatly appreciate you doing that on on iTunes or just subscribing, whatever platform you're on. Um, oh, and the last thing I want to say is I also make jokes in here, and I want to make it clear that uh, I'm not making jokes to uh, belittle the things I'm making jokes about. I'm making jokes because it's a tense thing, and I know that knew that Jordan would laugh at the jokes and enjoy the jokes. But I just don't want it. It may seem uh, cruel-hearted to some people. I don't think most of you, but I want to put out that disclaimer. It's all in the name of, you know, uh, I want people to be comfortable on the show. And some people, they don't want any jokes as they're telling their story. And some people are going to feel more comfortable with. And that just kind of uh, depends on the episode. So uh, I've given so many disclaimers for this episode. And I don't even think it's really necessary (laughs) Uh, it's just a good episode. It's just a great episode. So that should be enough right there to enjoy this episode of Leaving the Tribe with Jordan Lee. He had actually talked about it because he said the reason that he it was so easy to talk to me was I wasn't just waiting for the... The party rat, Keith Gary, groovy licious. You know, I knew that he was a person outside of the show. And I wanted to, you know, when we were talking, it was like, hey, you don't have to be a mean boy. You can just be who you are. I want to know, you know, since we're talking, I want to know who that person is. Yeah. No, and that's, that's, uh, I think that's great. Yeah, yeah, I do too. And I love you two together. <laughs> I'm a pretty big fan of you know. I, I think he's pretty cool. Don't yeah, you, don't you, tell you, him you, I have a crush okay. on him though. Yeah. yeah, you have been in um, some. It's, it's always it's gonna it's gonna be weird. <laughs> oh. You have been in some unsavory. I don't even know if I want to call them relationships or not. Yeah, it would probably be un healthy to call them relationships sure this is me trying to transition right this is a great transition and from even then i'm like i don't i don't even i don't even really want to call it that <laughs> right i almost just hi tom how yeah. are you <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that's so that's what we're here talking about you mentioned that every episode someone has mentioned you know, I got molested or this happened. Well, here's the, the dedicated yeah. rape hour. <laughs> <laughs> My therapist and I are working on me not making as many jokes. You could, If you want to make jokes, you can make jokes. I'm not going to tell you to not make jokes about it. It's your story. You could explain it how you want to. Yeah. Well, and I've never because I've been in therapy on and off since I was, you know, 12. And uh, it is it's funny because coming on your podcast it was the first time that I talked about any of this stuff with a therapist and so that was a really weird experience but she and I she gave me permission to joke about some things like all of the 57 year olds that I dated Uh (laughs) so we can make jokes about like hey you know remember that summer where I dated that 65 year old sheriff that was a wacky time (laughs) sheriff huh (laughs) oh yes when when did when did uh uh so yeah you've had you've had quite a few experiences with kind of uh, predatory men yes I have when did that start uh when I was about ten okay uh you know MySpace was the big thing uh huh 
And I started getting, you know, you get friend requests from people. You're 10 right. and 11. The internet was new. We just got a computer in our house. We'd yeah. never had that before, you know, and it was the dial up. So no one could make a phone call while you're on the computer. And it was in the family room. So right. it was all out in the open, you know, but we had all kind of everybody had their own like passwords to their accounts. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you log in, you log out, whatever. Nobody knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, what was going on? Well, I do, I do want to do a disclaimer. Of course, before. of course. Yeah, no, I just want to do a quick disclaimer because I don't know, you know, who's going to listen to this. Yeah. So I did have a couple things that I wanted to kind of get off my chest. Like, Hey, if you know me and you love me and you didn't know that all this was happening, it's not, it's not on you. This is not anybody's fault except right. for the men that were involved. Sure. And I kind of, when we first talked about me coming on the show, yeah, I was like, oh, fuck, I got to go do the molestation apology tour and <laughs> You know, give everybody the heads up, like, hey, this happened. Right. But then I kind of realized, you know, this is this is my story and I'm sick of living in the shame of it. Yeah. And also it's like uh, I, I feel like uh, they that you don't owe them an explanation. You, you owe them what you feel like you, you owe yourself to explain to whoever you want to. But the reality is, is. You can tell and not tell who you want. Y you know what I mean? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Where, you know, you feel this weird pressure or responsibility to mm -hmm. protect people or, and in my case, a lot of it was, you know, I was 10 years old. Your brain is developing. Yeah. So for me, there was just so much, hey, you're going to get in trouble hey, they're going to find out and they're going to be mad. Hey, you can't tell anybody. Secrets and not telling anybody was how I, you know, started developing as a person right. because of what was going on. Yeah. And so a lot of that is a holdover. And then you feel so ashamed. And, and I didn't realize, but I blamed myself for, you know, 15 years. Uh -huh. And I just thought, well, hey, this was my fault. And so I shouldn't tell anybody because... Mm you know, they're going to know that it was my fault. And that right. is such a weird, like when you kind of finally realize, oh, that's not normal. You were yeah. a baby. Right. <laughs> like my friend just sent me a picture from sixth grade, like after it had started. And oh my God, I had a bowl cut. I was, I was a baby. I wasn't even allowed to pick my own haircut yet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I mean, that's very young, and I don't think, uh, yeah, you, it, what it's, it, at any age, it's, it's not, it's not your fault, but especially when it, it's that young. Yeah. That's not, you know, uh, that's even more so, so what, I gotta, I'm, I'm picking my words carefully because I don't <laughs> want anyone who had something terrible happen to them when they were older to be like, what the fuck does that mean? I, I, I don't think there is, I think there is less than zero blame. Well, in and we can talk about the you. stuff that happened when I was older because, you know, 
that was the other reason I wanted to come on. And that was the other reason I wanted to do this. Not anonymously. I just wanted to talk. Uh huh. Um, you know, it's, I, I am friends with a therapist and I sure. told her because I was like, Hey, you know, this has been, cause this is something that's been, I have been processing and dealing with since yeah. Keith and I started dating. And Had it's you not something really processed before. Not at all. I was so self-destructive. Yeah. I spent years just running and you know, I was drinking constantly. I was trying to put myself in the most dangerous situations that I could not only because I felt like I deserved it because I felt like there was some aspect of it where I was getting my power back and I, you know, oh, cause I went through 10 years where I couldn't sleep with someone unless I hated them, like sure, hated sure, them, sure. couldn't stand them as a person, but it was the only way I could have physical intimacy. Sure. And then I had a lot of it cause it was just this like, oh, well, you know, if I'm doing it, then it's me making all the choices. Uh-huh. So I went in that direction hard. Sure. Um, and I, I actually, I'd love to hear later in the episode i'd yeah. love to hear about some of the things you've done to kind of break break that cycle are you do, do you want to talk about how it oh, started yeah we totally can yeah. i was just gonna say quickly oh yeah take all the disclaimers you need yeah, yeah no no course. no well because i got sidetracked um i so i was telling my friend who's oh, a therapist <laughs> My bad. That's no, I me. have a problem because I have never talked about this stuff. And, and in therapy, it was the first time I'd ever like given a, a linear narrative of what had happened. Right. And so that was three weeks ago. You know what sure, I mean? Sure, sure. So I was telling my friend what happened and I was, you know, I was telling her like, I'm just so ashamed. I'm never, I feel like I'm going to constantly blame myself because it wasn't just one guy. It was three guys. Yeah. And, you know, there's that saying, fool me once, shame on you. But I really took that to heart. And she said, if you've been groomed, you are more likely, it's more likely that another predator will attach themselves to you. So Uh it's not as likely that it'll happen once and then be done. It's more likely that it'll happen multiple times. Right. And I had never, because I'd never told anyone, I didn't know that that was the case. And it lifted this weight off my shoulders because suddenly it wasn't like, well, I'm so broken and disgusting and and it had to have been my fault because you attract what you are. And of course I was attracting this. So I wanted to do the show just to make sure that someone else could hear that if they needed to hear it, that it's not likely that it'll just happen once it happens multiple times. And it's not one of those times is your fault. Right. Of course. No, I think that's an important thing. Yeah. Um, to say, uh, and I'm, I mean, odds are someone, someone will be able to, to, I have a feeling more than one person will be able to relate to kind of what you're going to share. Uh, that it, that is listening. Yeah, and hopefully it gives somebody comfort to know that you know you're not alone. That's not. Yeah. This happens a lot, and you're just as worthy and wonderful as you were before it happened. Right. Um. I mean, so, but if you don't mind, 
No, so back to MySpace. Right, back to MySpace. So back to MySpace. So it started on MySpace. <laughs> it did. It started that's, on MySpace. That's actually that used to be their slogan, the, the <laughs> home place for bands and molestation. So that's <laughs> well, that's how I met two of them. Uh huh. So I, um, you know, I had my little account, and you put your song up and whatever, and um, so a guy messaged me. Uh-huh. And mind you, I was 10, so and and a lot happened. So a lot of this is stuff that I've pushed to the very back of my brain. So and there's blurs in the ex- course. Exactly. Of course. When trauma happens, you don't remember things linearly. You remember them in bits and pieces. It's part of why, you know, the treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder is setting the narrative. Sure. Because your brain can't process all of it. And so it just shuts parts of it down and goes... Okay, well, I'm going to put a little here and a little here and and maybe we can just keep moving. Yeah. So um, which is, you know, something I'm I'm now working on. Um, So Johnny, who Mm -hmm. I found out 10 years later while I was working at a tattoo shop because he walked in. And I recognized his tattoo. And Johnny was not his real name. Okay. So well, then let's he keep had. It let's not no, no, no. real names. I want to get not, sued. No, we're not going to okay. do any real names. Okay. I don't know his real name. Okay. I looked at his ID and I was not in my body anymore. Sure. I was, I was not there. I sat in the bathroom and cried for an hour, you know, and I took the wrath of my boss because I just disappeared and didn't yeah. tell anybody, but I couldn't breathe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, John, he had an, a MySpace account set up to message girls mm-hmm. and, um, was it, was it a fake account? Did it like, was I it don't even remember. Sure, I don't sure. remember what his account looked like. I think he had one picture, which should have been a, a red flag, but uh-huh. again, 10, this yeah. is that the beginning of the internet. This is my space. What world at that era of <laughs> the internet being out would a 10-year-old go, oh, that's a red flag? Yeah, I don't think the show Catfish came out for another, like, six years after sure, this happened to sure. me. So it wasn't in the cultural lexicon. Yeah. It just wasn't. So he messaged me. He ended up, we traded phone numbers because I did have a cell phone. Uh-huh. Um, God, I had a rocker. What a rocker! Uh, it was. It looked like a Nokia phone. Okay. But it played. You could have like ten songs on it, and there were lights in the sides that would like rainbow glow out in time with the music. Never in time with the music. It was just kind of this like four four time. Sure. <laughs> I just remember that phone because it was hilarious. Um. And at one point, I think when I was about 13, I put his ringtone as that, uh, oh God, I don't remember what the song was called, but it was so big at one point. It was the, uh, I'll keep you my dirty little secret. Oh God. (laughs) Oh man. Oof. Oh yeah, no. Doesn't that add just a little bit of salt oh, to the wound? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, Fallout Boy or something? I don't think it. I think it was All American Rejects. All American Rejects. I think it was them. Um. So yeah, but that was years later. So, yeah. So, so you guys exchanged numbers. So we exchanged numbers and. and what did he say? And do you remember what he said? I don't even show? remember. I think he called me pretty. You yeah. know what I mean? Where I was just a an 
an attention starved tween. Like I just, I just wanted somebody to pay attention to me. Sure. I was just, you know, and, and I want to make it very clear. My parents never knew any of this happened. Yeah. They never knew any of it. And I would not for a second blame them. Yeah. Whatever was going on at home. This is not on them. Yeah. Um, no, so, it's before both the information was out to parents. Yes. And even then, it's the information is still out, and this still happens exactly. to kids today. So, yeah. Exactly. And everybody, you know, when you're working a full-time job, right. I mean, God, I just, I don't know how anybody is a parent. That's just, right. that's so much work, and you have your own thing going on, and... You know, at 11, you're like, ah, the kid is old enough. They, you know, and I was kind of a latchkey kid. I just was like my mm-hmm. parents both worked full time. My sister was 10 years older than me. Right. Um, she was pregnant with her first baby. So oh, there wow. and yeah. she she and her boyfriend, they're married. Um, they got married pretty quick, but or after Leilani was born. But, um, you know, they lived with us, too. So mm-hmm. there were a lot of people in the house. There was a lot going on. Yeah. Um, so he messages me, we exchange numbers, and he convinced me to sneak out of my house. So I snuck out and met up with him. And he just started plying me with alcohol and weed. Uh huh. And I was, you know, 11. I'd never yeah. tried any of that stuff. Right. So I was. You know, and it didn't just start with full on penetrative sex. Uh huh. It started with making out. And then the next time I snuck out, he wanted a blowjob. And yeah. so it escalated. Right. And it was kind of that classic grooming where it started with, like, hey, how much of a secret can you keep? Oh, you kept that one. So how much further can we go? Oh, well, you're too drunk to say anything. So I don't know if you're even going to remember this one. Like, so it just kept escalating. Yeah. And. And it was it was the, the very first time. What what do you remember anything he, he like said to you that made you feel comfortable or because you obviously felt comfortable the first time. I don't think. Or I, maybe you didn't. I don't, I know. don't think I did. Yeah. But that's mostly just because I'm, you know, I'm an adult now and I'm thinking of how I've interacted with every person I've been on a first date with Mm -hmm. and I am terrified they're going to touch me. And that just might be a side effect of what I've been through. But, you know, I'm very, I get very skittish. So it's, you know, a lot of sitting on the edge of my seat and kind of tense and, and, I was like that when I was a kid. I was nervous. I was, right. you know, I didn't, I was shy. I was such a shy kid. And so I don't remember a lot sure. of that. I have so many, so many gaps in sure, growing course. up, you of know, course. in elementary school, middle school and high school. I just, I don't have a lot of those years. I have certain things that. And that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> That is another thing that is not your fault. Yeah, no. So I have friends who like 
actively they just they want to talk about oh my god do you because i have friends from middle school and i have friends from high school and and they have all of these memories they remember their teachers and they remember their class schedules and and they're you know they just they remember all of this minutia and i'm like I don't remember sixth grade. Like I remember getting pulled into the principal's office and being told that if I didn't fix my attitude because I was depressed because I was being raped as a child and I couldn't tell them. And so a lot of the things that I do remember are just those things that compact the shame and they just reinforce that like, okay, well you don't tell anybody because everybody's upset already because I was acting out. Don't make them more upset. Exactly. Yeah. So there was that. And so um, your question was about the first time. <laughs> yeah. It was, but we don't have to dig into more details. No, it's okay. And I was I, just more wondering, like, uh, what, you know, what I mean, whether or not you were comfortable. He did, he was able, he was able to, you know, lure you yeah and i guess i guess my question is i mean how is he how is he able to do that successfully because he was you have to be you have to know what you're doing and that's the scariest part of him is i think he did he had a fake account yeah you know what i mean and i as i'm getting older i'm just realizing like there's no way i was the only one and oh, that I don't think so, yeah. breaks my heart. Yeah. Because I never told anybody. And I just, I would, you know, I live with a lot of anger about sure. this. Sure. And I just, and sometimes that anger gets directed inward. Because, of course. How many more lives did he ruin because i didn't say anything i don't i don't well i think it's important to know that um you like you were still figuring out how to cope like in that moment you were not responsible the good like i'm happy you're able to recover yes and now you know like you you you're aware and you're trying to to pay it but like you can't be mad at yourself for not saving other people when you're desperately trying to save yourself yeah yeah no and it it, it, the second that that started it became all about survival and nothing else right i i was just trying to make it to my 18th birthday at that point yeah you know and i didn't think i'd ever see it you know, I was 12 when I tried to kill myself the first time. I just yeah. wanted it. I just wanted all of it to end. I could yeah. not do it anymore. And sure. it didn't work, obviously. Yeah. No, I'm glad. <laughs> um, but no, he was, and he was terrifying is once that, I met him. Is that how, is that how he, he, you were afraid of him? I was terrified of him because, so... And this, in this actually, there were two, two things that happened that really stood out as like, oh, okay, these are things that I need to process or I'm not going to survive anymore. Uh-huh. Um, the first was I realized I could just shut my emotions off mm-hmm. and I didn't put it together that that was because I was being 
molested. I still yeah. haven't figured out. I cannot just because of the way that the, this. I'm so sorry to derail this again. No, it's okay. Just because of the way that the media talks about it, I don't know what the socially acceptable way to talk about my sexual assault is. Uh huh. Because I'm like, well, I don't know if it was molested or if you know, I don't know what words to use. And I, I mean, he he was. <laughs> I mean, I think you're really worrying about some semantics <laughs> on here. <laughs> Always. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's you you, you know I don't think that's the uh, I think use whatever word <laughs> you think it was, and I think if anyone has problems with the semantics, they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> is kind of my take on that worry. Okay, okay, I like I like your stance. Yeah. So, yeah, so I realized I could just shut my emotions off because I am 12. Right. I am being raped by an adult man. He was 24 at the time, which I have to say, as someone who turned 26 pretty recently, the older I get... And as I'm, like, reaching the ages of these men... Yeah. I am horrified. And so that's kind of what started all of this, like, oh, should I have to deal with this? Was I started hitting these ages and realizing, like, ew, if I had to talk to an 11-year-old, oh, God. like, And just... And then on top of that, and because of that, it's kind of at, you know, we all did embarrassing things mm-hmm. when we were 12, 13, 14. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing those around 26 year old men, 29 year old men. Right. So it's just that added level of s- just social nightmare where you're like, ew, there's an adult man who remembers that time that I said that dumb thing at 14. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which, you know, I don't, I, one, I get what you're saying, but also I, I, at the same time, I'm also like, okay, these men, I don't think you should be embarrassed that they heard you say a dub, like, who the fuck are they to judge? No, that's exactly what it is. But you have that kind of grace of, if you're doing dumb shit around people your own age, nobody's going to fucking remember He's that. also doing dumb shit. Exactly. But, yeah. you know, I'm 14. It was just, I still, I cringe sometimes. It just hits me and I go, oh, God, I can't believe. Sure. <laughs> There's a person who remembers that I did that out there. <laughs> <laughs> but so, where were we? Uh, I mean, you're talking about um, oh, the fear. Yes. Yeah, so the fear. So this part isn't exactly fear, but I will get to the fear story and part of why I was so terrified of him. Um, so, you know, I'm 12. There's this adult man and we're doing sexual things. Yeah. We're having sex. Yeah. And one night I texted him and I said, I love you. Uh huh. Because this has been going on for over a year now. Uh huh. It's escalated to this point. You're and now like 11 or 12. Uh, yeah, I'm about, yeah, 11 or 12. And 
I'm watching my friends like they have their little boyfriends and they're holding hands and saying I love you and I'm like oh my god that's what you do you say I love you that's it it's you know that's just I'm 12 he calls me immediately you know it's like late at night because I never slept as soon as this started I just never slept again (laughs) I was getting like two three hours a night yeah and he calls me and he's just like why would you ruin this like I'm some fucking Tinder hookup. Like now I see that behavior in adult men who I've been on dates with. Right. And I'm like, ew, ew. But, so he's just, you know, oh, why would you ruin this? You're ruining this. Well, I was so fucking scared of him that I was just like, okay, no, it's fine. I'm never going to say that again. Like, and I just shut it off. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So I just don't feel anything. Right. Like that was the last time I felt an emotion for a very long time like I just shut down completely and uh so the reason I was so scared of him was which even then for 11 or 12 year old that alone (laughs) that alone is a scary thing yeah yeah that that level of rejection uh, yeah, I mean, just just telling a you know telling girls my own age I like them at that point. That was like okay, next week I'm gonna do it. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, even that right there. That sorry, I didn't mean to to cut you off, but yeah, even that alone is. I'm contextualizing. I remember th- that a- the age of sixth grade. Yeah. I remember very well because I was homeschooled until sixth grade. So sixth grade was my oh. first year going to school. Yeah. So I very much, I, I can, it's very easy. And I only went to that one school for one year. Oh, so it's God. very yeah. easy for me to think about where I was mentally and emotionally. Yeah. At this same time. Yeah. Well, and we were, we're the same age. Yeah. Too. So it's, you know, we were having these same kind of. We're less than a year apart. I almost said we're having these same kind of experiences. (laughs) (laughs) I meant more like with the computer stuff. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. No, I don't. uh, Yeah. There's there's just, yeah, that that pretty much sums it up. Welcome to the computer cast. Uh, now we're getting to the IT portion of the evening. Right. But <laughs> yeah, well, but I keep, I, I think about that and me going, and I'll, people also thought that I was a very mature kid for my age. Yeah. And even with people with that, if I was, that this is still kind of beyond anything I could comp. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I'm. So it's, it's like, I'm just trying to let you know, <laughs> like, I have a very clear frame of reference at the exact same age. Okay, yeah. And all of this shit is, it's yeah, super, it's, it's, I hope I'm just trying to let you know once again <laughs> to clarify how much not this is your fault. Yeah. I couldn't have constructed that sentence <laughs> for her. But my point remains the same. No, and I and I get that a lot. And that is something that I've been working on, you know, is right. just living with that shame. Because, sorry if I'm jumping around too much. Uh-huh. It's like, I just, general it's, apology. It's a traumatic <laughs> thing. You're going to jump around a little bit. I'm going to try to keep, if I, whenever I refocus, just know that that's not me trying to cut off where you were going. It's yes. Just, but yes, go ahead. Yeah. Um, but just realizing like every relationship that I've had and every 
you know, I had a really big problem with the Me Too movement. Uh huh. But it was because I couldn't face. They were really putting out in the world and defining what rape and lack of consent was. Yeah. And it scared the shit out of me because I realized I didn't have a lot of consensual sexual experiences. Uh huh. And I'm not saying every single one. I've had some amazing people in my life. Sure, sure, sure. But I didn't realize that, oh, hey, if you're blacked out, you can't give consent because I just thought, hey, if you pass out, fucking fair game, right? Uh-huh. Because for me, and, you know, I've had experiences and I, um, b- before I met Keith, I took a year off dating. Mm-hmm. I, I took a year off. I, w- I set aside a year and I was like, I'm not going to go on a single date. I'm not going to kiss anybody. I'm not going to booty call anybody. None of it. Yeah. Because I had a summer where I developed like really serious alcoholism because I got raped. Yeah. And the way that I grew up, I was like, okay, well that's fucking whatever. That's not going to affect me. I'm going to keep moving forward. And then the next weekend I went on a date and it happened again with a different guy. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. So then I hit a point where I couldn't go on a date Unless I was getting blackout drunk. Right. So I started drinking, you know, three bottles of wine a night, not just on nights I had dates. But because I realized, because it happened, it just kept happening. And I just kept putting myself in situations. I just kept putting myself in more dangerous situations. Yeah. And more dangerous situations. And even situations where I thought, you know, there was, I went on a lot of dates with a lot of military and a lot of, you know, police officers and it would still happen with them. Yeah. And, but I had this realization where, you know, I would say no. And if they didn't stop, I'd say no again. But at that point I was just like, okay, well if I can just get this over with, I can go take a shower and go to bed. I'll go drink another bottle of wine I'll go to sleep. Yeah. And so that's just how I kept. But then it turned into every single person. I had to be drunk. I couldn't touch anyone unless I was blacking out. Like, yeah. you know, and so and Which I kind of realized I needed to stop drinking mm-hmm. because I invited a guy over and I was like, hey, you know, do you want to watch a TV show? Like, we'll just hang out. We'll get to know each other. Because for uh, the slut I am, I like to have a long conversation beforehand. I just do. Uh-huh. So he comes over and immediately is just trying to take my clothes off. And I'm telling him, like, no, no, come on, slow down. Like, it's okay. We're good. We're good. You can stop right now. Like, it's okay. Because that's the thing. You're you're avoiding rising violence. Right. It's the thing of, like, okay, well, do I – if I make a big deal of this – I'm going to have to make a big deal of this. And that's yeah. terrifying to me. There's no medium medium deal. No, no. Yeah. There's there's it's all or nothing in that situation and so I always and which is crazy to me because I punched a dude who pulled a gun on me. You know, you'd right. think that I my fight or flight, I'm fight. But in those situations I'm freeze. I just can't. 
Sure. I can't do it. So anyway, you know, he's got me pinned down and I realized that I was out of wine. <laughs> so I couldn't just black out and get it over with. Uh-huh. And so I finally got him out of my apartment. I convinced him that I knew his boss. I don't know how I pulled that shit out. I, you know, but I just realized like, oh, I have to stop drinking. Because my immediate thought when being attacked was, well, if I can get blackout drunk, then I won't remember as much and I'll be fine and I can keep going forever. Yeah. So that was a huge wake up call to me. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, the thing that got you (laughs) to protect yourself was the (laughs) lack of alcohol available to you. Yes. It was Uh because I couldn't just bleach my brain. Right. (laughs) Which also like that's a super that's another thing that is very, very common with people who've been through that sort of thing. Yeah. Like I know multiple people who... (laughs) Have either gone through that cycle or are currently going through yeah. well, if you've, that cycle. If you've been raped, you are statistically more likely to be raped again. Right. And it's always bothered me because people always try to pull that, well, lightning doesn't strike the same place twice. Well, actually, statistically, if you've been struck by lightning, you are more likely to get struck by lightning. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> lightning, like, like no, metaphorically, really. I, I know that. No, I, but, but physically. But physically, if you have been struck by lightning, they, scientists think it's something about the way that it ionizes your body. You basically become a lightning rod. And it happens with places, too. But it's, you know, so that phrase is just bullshit. Right. <laughs> wow, ev- I've learned about <laughs> rape and physics. <laughs> Who would have thought that would be? I'd learn. I one of those things. I kind of figured I'd learn about, and somehow I learned a fact about lightning too. Oh, I love lightning. I, I played for a hockey team called the Lightning. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is fate. Yeah, one of. <laughs> what, what the fuck are we talking? How did how did this become one of the tangents here? Because uh, we've been getting really hard we're, into rape, and I think we're yeah. just trying to here's, relieve here's some th- tension. It might. Okay. Here's here's one thing that I will both want to say to you and the listeners. Yeah. I'm keeping this episode a little bit lighter because this is the second time you've ever talked about this stuff. <laughs> and so I'm going to let you kind of bounce around a little bit more because I think it's important that you, since you're willing to share that the people, pe- people do hear about this stuff, especially people who might be able to relate to it. Yeah. And so usually, usually in past episodes, I'm. Um, uh, I might try to wrangle a little <laughs> bit more. This one I want to, if we have a fun lightning tangent, <laughs> you know, uh, fuck it. You know, um, weirdly, even uh, more likely, if we <laughs> <laughs> if we have a lightning tangent, we'll I was going to say if lightning one. rapes you, it's also <laughs> both are more likely. I love that more than I could explain to you. I'm glad. I'm glad. Because for a second I go, man, I hope she likes this joke. No, and that is something, you know, between the tangents and the way that I've always dealt with it, 
uh, I've never been able to talk about it seriously. Like the summer Which that is I, fair. yeah, no. So you know, the summer that I just kept getting raped, which Keith always he makes the worst. He's just like, I just, it's the worst way you could talk about it. I'm like, that's the fun of it, though. Is I can make right. everyone uncomfortable. Sure. Um, <laughs> but you know, there was a point where my friend sat me down and she was like, Hey, I love you. And you are an amazing storyteller. So I need to know if these are fun jokes that you're telling or if you Cries need for help. help. Yeah. 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 So I, you know, I've never talked about it seriously. I, the first time I told my therapist, because I sat what? down and I tried to have this conversation. I tried because she's the first person I, the first time I met with her, this came out. Yeah. And my suicide attempts came out and I was shocked because I've never talked to anyone about this. And I've been going to therapy on and off for 10 years. Right. And so, you know, we sit down and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be on this podcast. And and I think it's time I start processing this stuff. And then she tried to ask me a question about it. And I looked a person in the eyes and said, yeah, I got raped a bunch. Doesn't fucking matter. It's fine. Anyway, and then I talked about art for an hour. <laughs> I did not let her get a sentence in. I was just like, nope, I'm going to talk about artistic practices of famous dead artists. And I'm just going to not talk about this. It's fine. So yeah. then the next session, she was like, yeah, I didn't want to push you after you said that. But, but I, I really wish you ya. told me more about the art. <laughs> <laughs> so she and I are working on. Yeah, like I said at the beginning, we're right. working on the things that I can joke about. We're working well, on the things that yeah. I can. And it's, a, it's, a, it's like that's a lot of a lot of, I, you know, uh, not to, I don't want to make this about comedy, but like when people say you shouldn't make rape jokes, uh, that's such a broad statement. I don't think you should have victim-blaming rape j- I think that's a I think there is an thing. incredibly delicate line to walk. I yeah. can't listen to them. And sure. that's just because I've spent 10 years, sure, over 10 years at this point, just in it you know and but not acknowledging it and that's where the problems really came in right was i wasn't acknowledging how these things affected me i was ignoring that they affected me yeah so i mean when when you're talking about the fact you said you're you first attempted suicide when you were 12 yeah was this before or after you told the 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 i love you incident it was after it was after did it that affect it do you think or do you think that I think I just wanted I think it was just a drop in the bucket yeah I just wanted everything over I was dying middle school was brutal on me um but at that point yeah. I'd been you know I'd been getting molested and raped for over a year now and I had just internalized so much of it and like the first time that I don't want to get into too many details sure, details of course, just of because course, of course. this isn't trauma porn you guys but <laughs> um you know I was crying in his car cuz that's where it happened yeah and he was just yelling see it wasn't that fucking bad it wasn't that bad and then he called his girlfriend and asked he said yeah I'm on my way home you still need me to stop at the store so that was just the worst. It was just compounded. Everything was compounded. And then 
school was awful. So I had started self-mutilating. Yeah. I was burning myself pretty constantly. Right. Um, just, I was just crying out for help in every single direction I could. Yeah. And nobody realized, you know, cause it was just. Well, I think, I think if you don't know what's happening, you don't know how much of it is a symptom and how much of it is being in middle school. Yeah. is puberty and, and how awful, you know, being that age is in general. But yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> It was rough. So just everything. I just hated everything. I I couldn't. I started um, gaining. Morgan actually talked about this in her yeah. episode. I started gaining defensive weight. That's what it's called. It, it is a it's a psychological thing that happens if you've been sexually assaulted. Right. You your body just starts putting on weight. And so I started gaining a bunch of weight. I developed severe body dysmorphia. Yeah. And on top of that, I just had no autonomy. I just right. felt completely powerless and I just thought, okay, well, this is what the world is. There's nothing right. good about it. Sure. There's not a single thing that feels, I was drowning in it at the time. I mean, still, I've, fuck, Keith and I still have to deal with some of the fallout from. Oh, I, <laughs> of course. I mean, you know, like, yeah, it, it takes, this is not, it's not overnight. Not at all. Not at all. And then because of the way that I dealt with it, where I just kept throwing myself in these situations and and I just was not I had developed a severe eating disorder around the same time. I had an eating disorder for about 10 years. Um, Yeah. You know, I never ate more than 300 calories a day if I ate at all. Like that was my my whole thing. So I started losing all that defensive weight and. It was just then it went the other direction. Exactly. And so but because I had body dysmorphia, I was like, I just am so fat. And I look back at pictures of when I thought I was just the biggest I've ever been. And oh, my God. It's Keith is always like, you just look like you don't have any blood. (laughs) So I was just like pale and this big around and. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um. Go, Where was I going? Going, going, yeah, going, <laughs> going back. You, I mean, you mentioned, you know, uh, that phone call in the car, and then getting dropped off. Yeah, and all of that. Um, and also, if I'm, if I keep going back to a point that you you don't want to talk about, I don't know what's a tangent for tangent's sake, and what you don't just. No, let no, me no. Know. You're good. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. I will be open and communicative about yeah. it. Yeah. You know, we actually. Uh, that itself was a tangent from why I was so scared of him. When I was about 12 or 13, he broke into my house and I woke up to him. He was a severe alcoholic. And I recognize that now at the time I was just like, Oh, this, this is just adults drinking. But he broke into my house and I woke up to him sitting on my windowsill drinking and just watching me sleep, which is the I just, I, I thought I was going to... That scared me now. (laughs) I thought I was going to die. Yeah. You know, and so... And the only thing I could think was like, okay, he's going to kill me, and then my dad is going to come in, and then everyone's going to know what happened. Right. And I didn't know what scared me more at that point. Was everyone finding out or dying? It was just all of it. So I was terrified of him Yeah. for you know 
not only just what he was already doing, but what he could have been capable of. Right. Do you think that part of the suicide attempt was so that no one would find out? Probably. Probably. Because it 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 happened after I got pulled into the principal's office because I'd written a really sad poem. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. I, I had I had a very similar thing happen to me in school, uh, where I I fucking got one on one time because of some <laughs> fucking thing I wrote. Say creative writing. Yep. And it, yeah. Uh yep. and they they saw the poem and I'm guessing there was nothing about uh, the trauma you were receiving. It was just and they asked they were asking a bunch of questions and they pulled my parents in and everybody was just staring at me talking about, you know, cause I, I just couldn't tell anybody, Yeah, you know, I was already in therapy cause I was self mutilating. That didn't help anything. Right. It just made it worse. Cause I just felt like you I couldn't pro- tell anybody. Yeah. So then I'm just forced to sit in these sessions and then group. And it was just this whole thing of like, well, none of these people know what's going on. And everybody's mad at me because I'm doing this. But I just thought everybody was just going to be mad at me forever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, because it was just this like everything that was going on. Right. And so what, what, what changed how, how, when you were, so you're, you're still, you're, you said 13, you're still, this is still happening. I think I got too old. Yeah. I legitimately, I got my braces off and then just. He just kind of disappeared. He called me a few times and I was so scared he was going to break in again. I was terrified. I used to stay up all night. And nights that he texted me were the worst because. You know he's thinking about I was you. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, fuck, he's going to break in. So I just I just wasn't sleeping. And, and eventually he just stopped texting me, messaging me, calling. What were what were his texts to you? I don't remember. Totally. <laughs> I Yeah, it was, you know. God, I mean, I can't imagine what was what year was that, Tom? 2005? What kind of yeah. text speak did we have? <laughs> what would a uh, dipshit 26-year-old have been texting in 2005? These cost five cents a piece. <laughs> um, yeah, 26. Yeah. Which is, and you mentioned this earlier, the age we are now. Yeah. So after he, so, so, okay, so he disappeared and then... And you there was a little overlap between him and the second one. Really? Mm-hmm. Did they know each other? No. No, and the second guy was just as creepy. Yeah. Because he had actually messaged me around the time Johnny got his claws in me. Uh-huh. And had... Had to have been a better way to phrase that. <laughs> <laughs> so Johnny was like three knuckles deep. Yeah. No, um, ew, wait, how many... <laughs> I just forgot how many knuckles we have. Yeah, non-cartoon no, characters. You're, thinking, you're 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 describing getting uh, molested by a bird now. 
<laughs> by a falcon. He had that fucking nose, dude. He could yeah. have been. Um, <laughs> Paul Deagle. <yeah. laughs> he oh, was wait, bald, actually. Really? Yeah, no. And he had the... I will tell you this tattoo when we are not recording anymore fair, because fair, you fair. will laugh so fucking hard. Sure, sure. Amazing. Yeah. Just the worst. So, yeah, that should... Overlap. Red flag is a bad tattoo. I'm sorry. Uh, Wait, he had a tattoo of a red flag? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> that that I kind of... That would have been thing. incredible. That, uh, here, now, okay. That's a little since too he, self-aware. Since he doesn't have it, now <laughs> I want that tattoo. I might have to get a tattoo of a red flag. Um. Okay. So there's there's... Also, I hope I'm not making too many jokes or anything. Like oh, God, okay. no, Tom. Okay. I'm jumping in just as much with uh, okay. you. Yeah. I just hope him it's funny. <laughs> no, you're doing great. <laughs> this is great. So there was overlap. Um, and you said he first messaged you around the same time that that Johnny did. Yes. What, what's the second guy's code name? Oh, we didn't set up code names before. No, I'm saying, what why don't you we? set up a... a, a okay. We'll call him Timmy. Timmy, okay. Apologies to any Timmy's Johnny, listening. Yeah, Johnny and Timmy. <laughs> so Timmy messaged me around the same time that Johnny did. And he gave me his number. And the only phone conversation. And we talked on the phone. And again, I am 11 when this guy messages me. The only phone conversation I that we had was... We were talking and he asked me if I was a virgin and I said I was and he said, okay, well, I'll talk to you when you're not because you don't understand things yet. How, how old was this? He had to have been the same age as Johnny. Yeah. Because the last time I saw him, I was going to be 18 mm -hmm. and he was 32 around there uh-huh yeah something like he was in his early 30s right so yeah he had to sure. have been like 24 maybe a little bit younger than us at the time yeah so and again i'm a kid so everyone's old to me i don't fucking know every yeah, i can't it, tell who's what age anybody is that's any, all yeah, just anyone who's <laughs> not younger than me is way older than me exactly yeah, exactly yeah. you know when you're 12 you're like oh yeah that old guy that works at the grocery store is 27 like fuck i don't fucking know Right. So, um, and, and so he he asked if you're a virgin. Yeah, and then disapproves when I, yes. of your of your virginity. Yes, says I don't understand anything, and that he'll talk to me when I'm not. Uh huh. Which so, is a weird move for a pedophile. So fucking creepy. So fast forward. Well, and I don't think that he thought he was, because he was telling me about ex girlfriends when I did eventually reconnect with him because he hit me up like when I was 14. So three years later. So, oh, I know. Oh, I know. Can you imagine the slow burn on that one? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I, I also want to be clear. I don't think the difference between 11 and 14 makes you not a pedophile. I think it no, makes you no. three years less of a pedophile. Uh, but his girlfriend, bef his girlfriend before me was 16. Yeah. So 
he I think fits squarely in that category of dipshit 20 year olds who think it's okay to date a high schooler because they're too fucking stupid to date someone their own age because right. women their age see every red flag and go wow so you live in a basement and don't have a phone and you're this that and the other and you say while recording in the I know basement. we're recording in my boyfriend's basement I wasn't um, I wasn't gonna I, I, was, <laughs> I thought about saying this up top and I was like I need to see how much humor she's bringing this, this. <laughs> we sure did record this in the rapiest place available you know what's surprise I've this is everywhere home. I got yeah. raped was really nice. I don't know. <laughs> that's why you like the shitty places. That's why you're going to. That's why you're OK moving into here. Exactly. Because yeah. yeah. not a lot of bad things have ever happened to me in a place that looks like this, which is surprising because sure. if you were going to film a snuff film right here, oh, that's yeah. the spot. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so when okay, so back to the the to Timmy. He, he's he. You're 14 now, and this is it's still Johnny is still in the mix, or is he fading away? No. By the time I was 14, Johnny was gone. Okay. So I had just entered high school. Yeah. I think it was. I think it was the first couple months of high school. He was still there, but then into high school he just wasn't so right. so i was like a freshman and so timmy gets a hold of me again messages me again on myspace there's a paid sponsor yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, this, they want to sponsor this, this, this episode is brought to you by facebook <laughs> <laughs> so he gets involved <laughs> again the election not an erection <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. That was fucking incredible. If you weren't laughing at these, I would not be saying them. <laughs> I'm saying these because you're laughing oh at them. Oh my god! Right, yeah. I hope I'm not holding the mic away enough that people can't no. hear me. They're just here deafening yeah. silence. No, no. I'm just trying to not blow anybody's eardrums out sure. with my fucking witch cackle. No, you're 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 fine. <laughs> also, I hope that. Because Keith is currently upstairs, and I hope he can hear me cackling while we record this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, you know what we'll have to do when we go back up is be like, oh, we were just talking. We forgot to record the podcast. <laughs> we got to go set up now. Oh, he'd cry. He would be so bummed out. <laughs> Yeah, we'll still have to. We'll still have to. Anyway, back to we can't just. Oh, I know, bits. I know. We keep, yeah, we keep. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Timmy was kind. You know, it's funny. He's kind of just this in between dipshit. I was. Right. That was when it started to just be like, okay, well, I have to hate this person, and I'm only good for sex, and there's no other purpose, and I'm just supposed to be that. That's all I am. That's all right. I'm good for. I don't have any worth as a person. Right. So I just really started throwing myself into that role of being just a sexual person. And I got hypersexual because at 14 at 14. Uh huh. Cause I was just, I'd had this experience and I was like, okay, well now I just need to have sex all the time constantly because a it's so part of part of why that started I had started disassociating. Yeah. And I primarily disassociate during sex. I found out that I 
do disassociate sometimes in conversations uh-huh. when I'm talking about this stuff. Sure. I, have you been feeling that way at all? No, no, I okay. haven't had any of that actually. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Um, and no, I think it's great. I think it's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just would feel really bad <laughs> if that started happening. I'm just uh, really used to it. So sure. It was just, I think subconsciously because i didn't realize what was happening mm-hmm. i didn't realize that it was a problem until i started dating keith yeah which is you know how many years after the fact <laughs> yeah i mean over 10 yeah, yeah. yeah so i was just trying to shut my brain off and yeah. that did it immediately sex did sex did uh-huh. i was not there Right. At all. I just got relief for however long because yeah. I didn't have to think. I couldn't think. It was just gone. Right. So I think that subconsciously that's part of what started it. But I also just developed this unhealthy fixation with like, okay, well, if I'm not having sex, then I'm worthless and no one will ever love me. And I, I have to be doing all of the stuff. And it, it was your only way to, to, to have worth. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So Timmy was really just... Just that, just the start of that, you know, and that lasted a couple years. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like, I just, it just kept happening for years, for years. Yeah. But also when I was 14, I met the third guy. Uh-huh. She's called Linny to keep it in. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So they all rhyme. Yeah. Jo- <laughs> Johnny, Timmy, and Lenny. <laughs> uh-huh. So I was 14 when I met. Lenny and and it's very weird to me that I hold so much more resentment towards him than the middle one but then I mean not only just the middle one but I think it's because I didn't ever let myself process Johnny and realize how fucked up and how angry and how that really started everything so I put a lot of my anger on the third guy do you think Part of that is because the first one was, I mean, he was probably the most damaging and also probably the scariest. Yes. And I just couldn't think about it. Yeah. So, but also I got so, so much of my personality from the third guy. Yeah. So much of my personality from the third guy. How so? Everything I like. It's uh-huh. the music I like, the movies I like, the candy that I like. It's just, it's, it's everything. And I... C- candy's a rough, rough... Uh, <laughs> my favorite Vans as well. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking incredible. Sorry, sorry. No, no, that was... A, I didn't even think about it, and that was the best joke I've ever heard. Oh, thank you. No, I loved that. Um, no, but it's just, it's like everything, just the, uh-huh. the style that I was going for, the, the way that I dyed my hair, the, yeah. the way I did my makeup, like all of it was just his personality. And so I really, that really hit me hard in that year of abstinence that I took. Sure. Where I realized like, oh, okay, he, do I like yeah. this because I like it or do I like it because he liked it? 
Was the third one because you're you're fourteen? Yes. Was there more? Because uh, the first one didn't sound affectionate at all. No, no, he wasn't. Was, he was the third one the first one to actually show you any affection? Yes. Do you think that's? I think that's a lot of it. Yeah. He was my boyfriend. Really? Oh, he but was, he was much. He was older. He, yeah. Yeah. He was. He was proud. I. I'm trying to remember how much older he... I think he was like 10 years older than me. Right, which it, for, for... When you're 14. When you're going into high school. <laughs> yeah. And the other one's old enough to have graduated from college. Yeah. You know... It's a huge difference, and it's compounded by the fact that, you know, I was a freshman in high school. Yeah. <laughs> which the other day, you know, because Keith and I do long distance. Right. And I was driving home couple months ago and i just had this moment where i was like you know fuck it i could just drive to la this weekend i don't have any meetings like mm-hmm. i should text him and then just realizing like ew i'm as old as the third guy was when i was what a sophomore right and just trying to figure out like i'm trying to plan around a long distance relationship i can't imagine trying to plan around a high school schedule yeah <laughs> i mean the the amount of work you have to do like <laughs> the i yeah the amount the amount of work that would have to go into um making that happen on his end even if it's not, um, I mean, I don't even know the w- right word. Like, it's predatory. Even if they're not doing it in a inherently, like, m- like if you guys were the same age, it would not look malicious at all. Yeah. But that age gap, it's incredibly predatory. Even if it's if it's not malicious, even if he is showing affection. It almost it's, makes it worse in some ways. It is, again, classic grooming. It's another one of those things. Right. You know, he was, oh, I was in love with him. Oh, I was, oh my. Did you guys tell each other that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was also the most psychologically manipulative, manipulative yeah. and abusive person I've ever been with. Uh-huh. Because he would... I was getting ghosted before it was cool. I just need to say that. Before that, I was getting catfished. I was getting ghosted. All yeah. of it was happening before it hit the oh. cultural lexicon. Because what he would do is not acknowledge that I existed for months. Not return my texts. Not return my phone calls. And I am a touch-starved, emotionally ruined teenager who thinks that my only worth is sex so that was the worst and i still get nervous if keith takes longer than six hours to text me back i'm like oh this is where it starts then sure. it's been year. it's been yeah. eight years you know yeah. what i mean so it's just those kinds of things like fuck johnny breaking into my house my landlord tried to come over unannounced. She tried to give me an hour's notice, and I was like, I just can't breathe, and I don't know why I can't breathe. Well, it's because somebody broke into my house when I was 12, and I thought I was going to die. So now yeah. I'm incredibly territorial about my space. I don't like people in my room. I don't like people coming over unannounced. I don't really like people coming over to my apartment. 
Sure. It makes me so nervous in a way that it's just physical. I cannot tell. My brain is not sending the right signals where sure, I'm like, I'm sure. excited that my friend's coming over. Why am I sweating, shaking, and feel like I'm going to puke? Like, it's just. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, but that also, I mean, it makes, that makes sense that that yeah. is something that would give you a panic attack. Yeah. Yeah. So I get so nervous about, and that's that's been a huge trigger, and that's part of why when, like, I don't know, ghosting feels like it kind of became the norm. And that was a huge trigger for me because it would be months on end, and he just would not acknowledge that I existed yeah. and not talk to me at all. And, pretend, yeah, it was just horrible. Like, that, <coughs> that was brutal. Yeah. Well, I mean, so there's a lot of things that you've you've talked about here that I mean are very like personal hurt, like personal things that have obviously caused a lot of hurt. Yes. And you also talked about the drinking and <laughs> not facing that and avoiding those feelings and cutting off. Yes. What was the experience when you dis- what made you I mean you said what it was earlier in the show it was the knowledge that uh, you needed alcohol just to say to 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 live through it right but what was the experience when you actually started to when you first started thinking about it and processing it I was angry yeah Oh, it was furious. In a way, I don't get angry. And I've this, never seen you angry. No, I don't get angry. And we're, we're close friends. Yeah. I've, I've seen and you've you, seen yeah. me scream about dumb drivers and yada yada. Right. I just could barely function. I was so mad. Yeah. I was so mad. And then I was, I was like, well, fuck, am I... Am I even turning this anger on the correct people? Because I had a situation, you know, I just keep, I just kept stumbling into these unhealthy power dynamics. I fell in love with every male teacher I ever had and they all wanted to fuck me because I was hypersexual. Right. You know, it was just, it's, you come on to inappropriate people. Sure. And when you've been. Well, do you think that you come on to inappropriate people or do you think it's the inappropriate people who respond to you coming on to them? It's the inappropriate people that respond to me coming on to them. Yeah. So once again, I bet you <laughs> I bet you came on to a lot of guys that were just too nervous to oh, I don't know what to do. And they yes. wouldn't have been a problem. But the people who res- reciprocate the attention. Yes. Are gonna be the ones that are gonna be shitty and predatory and and harmful yes and that's exactly what happened with the third guy was i was i was just like oh i have the biggest crush on this guy yeah i was like well no you're an adult you're supposed to say no it doesn't matter if a 14 year old thinks you're cute you say no yeah regardless like that's just you know, but I've had those unhealthy power dynamics into my adult life. I had a situation with a professor. We never touched, but he implied that he wanted me to have his baby. Right. <laughs> so 
It was just things. So you got mad at all of those. I got mad at everyone. Yeah. I got furious. Yeah. And I just couldn't function because then, because I don't like to be angry. That's just not my thing. Because a lot of how I've been able to survive to this point is by not blaming people. I don't, I don't play the blame game. I don't point you know I've never I just don't have any emotion about it so then I got angry but then that turned in on myself which was where it had been pointed the whole time anyway right so then I just fired it all back right (laughs) and then I was just angry at myself and then I was I just I slipped into this depression and processing it all kind of started actually with my most recent suicide attempt Mm -hmm. because so much had just happened and you know i've i've had a lot of experiences that didn't involve sexual assault that were just as traumatizing sure you sure, know sure. i i mean we were talking about it earlier on the porch i got kidnapped by a cab driver right. yeah i got held at gunpoint i got you've seen some <laughs> shit yeah <laughs> I got stabbed by an ex. Like, yeah, it's you know, it's all this stuff. So, no, yeah. When when you go meet God and he plays that movie <laughs> of your life, he's gonna go. Is this directed <laughs> by Quentin Tarantino? Why is there so much violence and perversion? Yeah, and so you know, I was I think twenty two or twenty three, and no, I was twenty two. I'm pretty sure. Um. <laughs> Age is also one of those things where I'm like, I don't remember what happened a year ago. Sure. I, I can give you kind of a vague timeline of my life, sure. but I don't remember what age I was when anything fucking happened. Um, so I, everything just fucking fell apart. My entire life just fell apart. Is this before or after you started like processing? This was before. Okay. This was before I started processing. I had been diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder and post traumatic stress disorder. Sure. So I was, I, I stopped going to therapy. Sure. Yeah. So I had not dealt with any of that. I just got the diagnosis. We share, we share some diagnosis. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm a, I'm a fun little gift basket. When I was, when I was therapy searching this last time, I made several people go, oh God. And I was like, it's okay. You don't have to make an appointment with me. I can we, move we, on. We can play dueling banjo <laughs> mental health on the porch later where it belongs. So anyway. Yeah. So everything fell apart. And, you know, my grandpa had just died. Yeah. And he was my best friend. Oh, my God. He was the only person, the only man I ever trusted. Right. My best friend since I was a baby. And I was working. I just left New Orleans. Uh-huh. So I felt like a failure because I had moved out of state and then I had to move back. Yeah. Be- but it was just because of all the violence that happened because things just kept happening. And then I was working three jobs. And so I was getting up. I, I had to be at my first job uh, by 4.45 in the morning. Uh-huh. And then I left that job around 12.30 or 1.00. And then I went to my second job from one to 10 <laughs> every day. <laughs> and then I had a third job for the days that I had off from there. Cause that yeah. was five days or that was four days a week that I would do that. And then I had my third job for the other three days a week. Yeah. 
Because I was running. I was just constantly trying to you, outrun. I yeah. never wanted to have to think. You didn't want any downtime. I never wanted to have to think. And then I almost died because I got necrotizing tonsillitis. And your does that my mean tonsils were dying? Were dying. Gotcha. And they were taking me with them. And uh-huh. no one would listen to me. And I ended up in the hospital. Uh-huh. And I just I spent you know, five days with a fever of 105, which is downtime. I mean, I was hallucinating because I was dying, but yeah. oh my God, the downtime. And then my ex broke up with me. So everything just compounded into this perfect storm of you're not worthy. You shouldn't keep doing this. Nothing matters. Nothing you're doing matters. Why bother? Everything hurts too much. Yeah. So I took two packets. So that would, 48 uh Z-Quil with a fifth of vodka. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, I'm done. Just done. And then I started throwing up. <laughs> and I threw up for like four hours. Yeah. Because I was so drunk. So then I'm like, okay, well, I don't know if and by that point I was like, well, f- I just made a really bad fucking decision. Cause I just took all those sleeping pills. And then I had this moment where I laid down to go to sleep and I was like, okay, well, I might not wake up and I don't know if I want to, but I think I want to. And that was the scariest thing I've ever done was just go to sleep that night because I didn't know if I was going to wake up or not. And because of all of my anxiety disorders, all of my depression, I've had sleepless nights where I'm convinced I'm going to die in my sleep. And so I can't sleep. <laughs> and so that actually having that experience, I can now write out panic yeah. attacks yeah. because I'm like, no, this is just going to pass and I'm going to be fine. And yeah. and I can write out those nights where I'm like, I'm not going to wake up because like, no, I woke up. Right. I did. And so don't do that. That's not a recommendation She's ever. She's not trying to tell you the <laughs> cure. That is not the cure. My therapist and I actually are talking about how I've never sought help for anything and why, <laughs> which spoiler alert. Um, but so waking up that next morning, I called my mom and I said, well, actually I called my sister mm-hmm. and I told her, I don't think I can survive this. I think if I, I think that I can see the path I'm on and it ends with me dead in a bathtub because yeah. that's, that was just where I was going. So she called our mom and I packed up my stuff in f- three days and uh-huh. I moved out of the state again and I spent like six months with my mom and just out in the desert you know, my mom lives in this little tiny town of like 500 people and right. I just sat on her couch and cried and watched My Name is Earl. That is a recommendation. <laughs> if you're sad, that got me through all of that was My Name is Earl. <laughs> yeah. And and then eventually I found podcasts when I moved back to California and yada, yada, yada. Keith Carey suddenly right, was right. in my life. Um But so that was kind of when it started, when I started processing. And then when I got back, I got really overwhelmed with school. Sure. And then I decided, like, you know, I can start dating again. And then it just got bad again. And that was a cycle you talked about earlier. Because Yeah, because I just started. I I was not processing why sex made me feel 
the way it did and why I felt like I wasn't worthy yeah. if I wasn't having it. Right. Well, and the and I want to I want to I mean the the questions I I want to ask you because yeah. we're we're approaching we're approaching the end here. Oh, okay. Um, but we we can always do another episode because <laughs> I know there's a bunch of stuff that you. S- s- well, there's certain things that you, you know, you got kidnapped by a taxi man, <laughs> and we haven't even talked about that. like there's other stuff, but I want to I want to make like you know, the next you know the last chunk of this you know about how I people, left my pe- tribe. Well, you, people, <laughs> people, you know, people who could either relate or maybe people who have kids that want help. From the inside, your perspective, you know, yeah. people who've been through something similar and haven't processed it. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot to process any sort of sexual trauma is a lot yeah. to process. And you talked about the anger and then it going inward. Yeah. And that's, you know, um, which is. And I'm guessing when you let it out, it got stronger yes. and then it got stronger inward as well yes that's exactly what happened and so and i think that's a very common thing for people to experience yeah so at what point did you know you you struck the match it hit a gas tank <laughs> then you swallowed it yes at what point did shit stop burning and start getting better what happened after that what how did you in terms of that emotional process and you're probably still going through phases of it I'm definitely still going through phases of it I have a bad habit you know I mentioned that I was a self-mutilator sure I just stopped I mentioned that I was developed I was I was drinking like an alcoholic yeah i just stopped Uh i have a terrible habit of thinking that not only are my problems not big enough to warrant help but thinking that i'm not good enough to warrant help and so that's been something that i've been working on Uh is not blaming myself is working on asking for help because yeah. that is I've never felt the amount of relief that I felt telling my therapist what happened to me yeah in a linear way not throwing it in as a joke not throwing it in to throw everybody else off their game mm-hmm. but just being able to tell her this was horrible and I don't know how I survived it. Yeah. But I'm working on surviving it. And it's a process. You know, Keith and I still have trouble because I do disassociate still sometimes. Yeah. And I didn't realize that was the, other, you know, I didn't realize that I was disassociating every time I had sex until I had sex with Keith and didn't. Yeah. And that was huge. And oh, I could imagine. Yeah. And you know we have to work on our communication constantly because he doesn't want to have that experience i don't want to have that experience the few times you know luckily we've been together for over a year now and it's only happened 
five or six times. Yeah, which is which is insane, yeah. <laughs> considering the background of it. Right. But I think part of that was I took a year off and I evaluated who I was, what I wanted, what I felt like I deserved. And I started just thinking about those things. So honestly, I do recommend a year of abstinence. (laughs) I recommend. No, because you can't process sexual trauma if you are re-traumatizing yourself every time you have sex. And that's exactly what I was doing. And if you haven't processed your sexual trauma, that's what happens. Yeah. Is you're playing into patterns that you don't understand that you're playing into because they feel familiar. And because you feel like it's. I mean, I always felt like I was going to fucking die if I hadn't had sex in a couple days. Yeah. But it was because I just I felt worthless. Right. So. You know, it's really a matter of talking it out, finding a therapist who you trust and you feel safe with and letting yourself. And this was the hardest part for me was letting myself be vulnerable enough and emotional enough (laughs) Mm-hmm. If that makes sense to yeah. access those points that I had just kept in the back of my brain. Don't touch that. Don't look at it. Just leave it back there. You're not going to survive if you look at it. That was right. my thought. So. Which do you think? Do you think? I mean, that was part of the thought is you won't be able. You won't survive examining what has happened to you. Exactly. And you've examined it. And would you say your life has is better now. It's been so much better and it's but only been a couple pain, weeks. Yeah, and then yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, you know, so I just I I um I, you know, it's a difficult thing to do, but it's just I don't know. It, I think it's a good thing to do. It'll make you a happier person. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, if you in, in order like you need you need you know, you need to grab the body in order to bury it, you know. Yes. Yes. Well, you can't bury a body without the autopsy. Uh-huh. If you don't go in and you don't dissect it and you don't examine it, you're not going to get rid of it. And yeah. part of it, I didn't realize that I had PTSD. My therapist is actually thinking that most of my depressive episodes, most of my obsessive compulsive episodes of PTSD. It's, it's PTSD. Yeah. So it's been interesting to examine that as well as like, because I spent... I. I spent decades. I mean, it's been, I guess, a decade and a half, (laughs) but 15 years hating myself and thinking that I was worthless, that I was disgusting, that I would ruin any person that loved me because I was dirty. Right. And just unpacking that alone yeah has been huge because i'm realizing like as scared as i was to process this stuff yeah it's making my life exponentially better to understand why i have the reactions that i have i think i think that was a perfect place to wrap up the show. Perfect. Yeah. I think you just, you you tied a bow (laughs) on it. 
and for such a dark subject matter, there was th- th- this was a very good episode. I'm glad you and think you were so. Able to, yeah, no, you were able to talk about uh, some very dark shit. Yes, and it was weirdly not the episode I was expecting for it. One of the funnier episodes <laughs> of the show. But at the same time, humor is it's a coping mechanism. Oh, yeah. You can't sir. If you can't laugh about it, you're going to die. That's yeah, always how I've been. I mean, it's very I mean, down down to the definition, it's a release of tension. Yeah. And, you know, you, you got to release it, especially when you're talking about things that are as dark as this. I I lied because I do want to ask you this. No, 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 please do. Even though you wrapped it up so fucking perfectly, <laughs> and I should have changed the order of the questions, you know. Um, as someone, you, I mean, you were preyed on by a pedophile. Three of them, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, three of them. <laughs> <laughs> right ingredient, wrong amount. Um... <laughs> Uh, but yes, in terms of, you know, there are many adults, I'd say more adults than not, are not predators or pedophiles. I fucking hope so. My experience was was a little scared. Yeah. (laughs) And honestly, mine, regardless, how do you like... And this is a difficult question, but as an adult, how do you watch out? Because there's like, I feel like there's two, most people I know, I feel like I've had some sort of sexual trauma when they were young. Yeah. The degrees vary. Yeah. But there was, most people I know have had at least one encounter of, that was absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but uh, how... As as adults that, you know, we know how much that damages a kid. Yeah. You know, from experience, how do you look at that and go, how do I keep, you know, uh, how do I watch out for people like that, for predators, without becoming a helicopter person? So. Because it's not just parents, just as, I I, I, I don't know any kids. (laughs) Oh, see, I have. I mean, I I know that I know I don't interact with them regularly. I have like nieces and shit, but I'm not always around that. You know, I have a very adult life. Yeah. See, I'm around a lot of kids and I have nieces who are hitting these ages. My youngest niece has just turned 11. Right. I would murder anyone who even looked at them of course and that's part of the i i don't know if that's part of the anger i'm sure it's attached to it yeah is because when i think about questions like that a murderous rage comes up i would maybe we should answer (laughs) just in case no it's it's a valid question because you know, I'm the first person that'll yell, kill your local rapist. That's, I fucking, if we could kill everybody in the fucking scene that was 
sexually predatory right mm, i would be leading that charge sure and i believe you uh but what i do instead is uh-huh. i donate to end the backlog and i donate to rain and i work on trying to make this world a safer place yeah and i make sure that people know that that kind of behavior is not acceptable i'm a big on instagram i immediately report if i see anything like that immediately reach out to girls hey nobody should be talking to you like that yeah i know you don't want to listen to me because i'm old (laughs) i have gray hair now (laughs) and i wouldn't listen i wouldn't listen to anybody at that age right because i was too far in it but just thinking about the people that did tell me like hey that's not normal that's not okay you don't have to be doing this they mean more to me than a lot of other people because yeah. they were seeing that something was wrong and they were trying to help me. Yeah. So I don't, I don't break anyone's kneecaps, even though I fantasize about it constantly. Sure. I donate to organizations like, like there is an organization and I, I am 95% sure it's called rain. I did some benefit shows that, for them. That, that it's, name sounds familiar. It's registered nurses who are trained. They, it's, it pays for training for emergency room nurses to deal with victims of sexual assault. Sure. Yeah. And to, you know, just to work on that compassion in a, in an environment like an emergency room where you have to stay cool and just to know how to, handle when those cases come in so you know that's an organization that i feel strongly about and and the backlog obviously but what do they do they are trying to test all the untested rape kits there are tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands so i'm actually i'm working on a project an embroidery hoop that i want to auction off to just give all the proceeds i want to get prints made of it and all the proceeds go to end the backlog so it's you know find your local organizations if you feel strongly about that find the people that are doing the work within the community and help them do that work and that's you know if you can volunteer if you can volunteer your time for one of their benefits and just help out you know because i used to do that when i was younger you know because i was in a band so we just play their benefits yeah so i also uh yeah you it's it's uh i mean this is an off podcast conversation i feel weird (laughs) volunteer hi i'm a straight white dude I would like to ra- to volunteer for the rape charity. Like, it, it, but that's the thing, though, is men get raped too. I mean, you have to remember, like, yes, it is a, it isn't. It's it, primarily, right, those, but those are those are primarily for for women. But the man who runs the local chapter, where for, for the one here, up where yeah. I am, starts every benefit talking about when he was raped. Yeah. So it's not out of the ordinary, but also. I mean, fuck, if you want to help me, you know, promote when I do my little auction, like right. that's a help because I don't have a big reach. I'm yeah, just. Yeah. When, when's your, when's your, when's your, when's I, the auction? I don't know yet. I got to finish. When, when, I got to finish when, the hoop. When you're done, let me know and I'll plug <laughs> it, plug it on the intro of whatever, whatever yeah. episode. Um, but yeah. Do you want to put your, plug your social media? I think you'll tag me on Instagram and that'll be enough. I don't, I, I think mean, that's fair. Yeah. I have an art account. Yeah. But that's, 
you know. It's up up to you, and your art is great, and people should should check it out. Well, but thank you. Yeah, no, thank you for doing the show. Of course. Yeah. Okay. I uh, I hope you guys are safe and know that you're not alone in any of it. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel? I feel good. Okay. I feel good. like I jumped around a lot in a way I, I didn't.